Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of It's Too Wordy, the comic book podcast where three buddies discuss comics from their childhood and today. I'm Kirk. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. How are we doing this week, guys? One week closer to consistent new books. Yes, yes, yes. Cannot wait. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. So this week, we're going to be discussing comic book characters that start with the letter F. And for E. e. We're going to do E's and F's. Oh, well, I didn't read one for E. It's all right. Yeah, we, we can talk about that for quite a while. We already did it. Okay. Who was my E last week, Nick? <laughs> you don't remember? <laughs> I can go look. I'm I seriously just... Oh. Oh, yeah, I got it. Jeez. Okay. I can't believe I forgot that. I just had to start walking towards picking it up, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Got it. Okay. 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 <laughs> and to kick off the new month, we're doing Russian characters and comics. We're going to be reviewing Superman Red Sun. So what do we want to start off with? Let's do Red Sun. That way we can all kind of uh, give our opinions about that, and then we can kind of branch off into our individual ease. Okay. So Superman Red Sun, when was this written? That was... Well, my publication on my trade, I think it might have been earlier than this, was 2004. That was my trade. Okay. And it's basically a story of uh, what if Superman had fallen to Earth into Russian territory and grew up raised in a Russian society. What do we think, guys? This is probably one of my favorite Elseworld stories. Um Mark Millar is one of those uh, writers that he's hit and miss for me. And I think he really got a good feel for this particular story setting. Um, the story is just, I think it's fantastic. And the art's really pretty decent. Um, I mean, it starts off in, what is it, 1934-ish, I think, or 38, and goes forward. So it's hitting the Cold War and, you know, Stalin's involved and, and obviously not in that order, but you get what I'm saying. And uh, <laughs> and they make the United States kind of the bad guy um, with Lex Luthor trying to find ways to stop this alien uh, that Russia has. Um, the art I thought was decent. Um, it, some of the pages or some of the pictures of Lois later in the book, or no, excuse me, Wonder Woman of later in the book, uh, like head on, just they don't look right. But for the most part, I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty well uh, written and drawn for uh, just kind of show the different timeline. Yeah, this is my first time reading this one, and it is a, my absolute favorite Superman story. It's nice to see a different Superman than the red, white, and blue, uh, everything's peachy kind of hero. Yeah, it is. How he, he eliminates hunger and everybody has a job and there's no crime and it comes out to being very oppressive. Yeah. You know, so it's for me early in, I was really rooting for him. And then by the, towards the end of it, I was kind of like, uh, somebody does need to take him down a peg. Yeah. Um, 
I thought the Green Lantern Corps makes an appearance in this, not the traditional Green Lantern Corps. Um, no. And the Hal Jordan character reminds me very much of, um, if you've read Metal by Scott Snyder, um, the Dawnbreaker Green Lantern, mm. Green, Batman Green Lantern combo. Okay. Um, just the thin, wiry. There's no. It does, he doesn't seem like he has a lot of bulk to him. Uh, he, he just looks like I don't know that Dawnbreaker Batman Green Lantern character always kind of gave me the uh, vibe of kind of like a creeper type, and that's kind of what I got from the way they drew Hal in this book as well. Um. And then they took the different takes. They had uh, Guy Gardner um, doubting himself, and Kyle Rayner makes an appearance in there too. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of it was kind of neat to see the tie-ins uh, of some of those characters that uh, you're trying to place. Like, oh, who's that supposed to be? Yeah, Batman's a terrorist, but the same ideals as he is in the real world. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, what'd you think, Nick? I got like like you guys said. I I think this is probably my favorite Elseworlds. Um, there's there are some good ones, but I think this one's the best one. <clears throat> my favorite part is Pete Ross killing Batman's parents. Because mm -hmm. yeah. you got this kid from Smallville, who's always been looking up to Superman and Superboy, and he ends up being a complete bastard in this. And yeah, it's, I think he's my favorite part watching what they did with him. You know, we've all seen what different Superman's we've seen different timelines and stuff, but we never really seen an alternate Peter Ross. So seeing, seeing him is pretty cool like that. And uh, Jimmy Olsen becoming the vice president mm -hmm. to, with Lex and yeah, just, I don't, I, don't, I'm not, I don't really have much to say about it other than I really like the design for the suit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the coloring is great. Um, the iconic, the iconography of, uh, of Soviet Russia that they put through this, some of the poses that they put Superman in are definitely iconic Russian statues. Yep. And images. And yeah, they, they did a really good job with Russian history. So I'm going to give it a five. I'm leaning towards probably a four and a half. Yeah, probably four and a half for me too. There were some problems, but over and all, it's, it's well worth reading. I'm not sure what the cartoon is like that they just brought out. Yeah, it'd be kind of interesting the, to see. Yeah, I saw that at the video store. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody really talking about it. I'd be curious to hear what, how true to the book it stayed because I know there's other books that they've kind of veered away from or they extended stuff that wasn't in the book just to make the movie longer and things like that. I'd be kind of interested to see what the comparison would be. Yeah. You mean like Killing Joke, how they added a whole bunch of stuff to that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, moving on. I guess we're going to do comic book characters that start with the letter E. Um, so, whoever wants to go first. I can. Okay. So I did Demon Knights number one from the New 52 run. Uh, and it is the... Uh, so Demon Knights takes place back in um, Knights of the Round Table time frame. Um, and Jason is... Jason Blood is a 
I don't know if Sire's the right word, an apprentice to Merlin. And so you have that story kind of going on how he's um, trying to learn from Merlin how to do magic and things like that um, throughout. But then the other side of it is you meet Etrigan the Demon and his story uh, from how he kind of started. And he was a... Um, uh, is the word call or well, let's say like I think he was like a caller, you know, when a prince or whatever shows up, he would show up beforehand and announce the arrival. He's a herald. Herald, thank you. He he was he announced the the arrival of Satan and um or Lucifer, excuse me. And Lucifer insisted that he rhyme everything. And one of the other demons uh gave Etrigan a word to try to rhyme. And I can't remember what the word is right off the top of my head, but he couldn't rhyme it. And Lucifer kind of mocked him for it and kind of banished him off a little bit because that was his punishment. He was supposed to rhyme anytime Lucifer was around. And in the meantime, Merlin ends up going to see Morgan Le Fay and she can see into the future. And she's like, Jason is going to be an issue we need to do something to help control him. And so Merlin comes back and he calls upon Etrigan the demon and combines Jason and Etrigan into one character. And that's so it's kind of like the origin story of how Jason Blood and Etrigan became one. Um, oh, it wasn't zero or number one, it was zero. Excuse me, Demon Knights Zero. So the Demon Knight series I like as a whole. Um, issue zero was yeah, it was okay, but uh, the whole series as a whole is really good. And that's what I had. Okay, Nick. All right, so uh, I put out on Twitter, "Hey guys, give me the weirdest e character you guys can think of." And I got two responses back. Thank you, Scott, for telling me about Element Lad from the Legion of Superheroes. Um, I was expecting a little bit more weird, but this one works. So let me tell you, finding this issue was not fun. (laughs) So this is... I ha- I looked through all over online. I was like, you can download it for illegally. That's great. Don't want to do that because it's a sketchy site and I don't know who's got it. So then I was like, you know what? I probably have it in an archive. Nope, I don't have that archive. Do I have it in the other graphic novels? No, I don't. Let me call all the shops in town. Nope, they don't have it. Then I realized that I have it in my Showcase Presents, the black and white book. Um, this is Adventure Comics 305 from February 1963. This book is, if you had never read a Legion of Superheroes book, all these kids are assholes. They're dickheads. They, they pick (laughs) on each other. They do things that have no consequence. They'll, they'll. They'll they'll kill people and nothing will happen about it. They'll some of their members will die off and they don't even care. Um, so this one, okay. I have you guys ever watched um, Space Ghost? Yeah. Remember the yeah. teen angels in Space Ghost, the kids that were riding around in space on their little like motor mopeds. Yes. Okay. Well, this starts out that a whole bunch of pirates are going around to different worlds, riding space mopeds and they're, they're just going and they're just ransacking whole planets and they're looking for something. And the Legion gets a call from the science police that says, we need your help. There's pirates. And they're like, well, we don't have a full crew because they're, they're on another planet helping them. So Saturn Girl has the idea of, hey, let's do a membership drive. 
So they do. And the membership drives for the Legion are always funny because they they only want a character that has one power and it has to suit them for the specific thing that they're doing that minute. Um, they have a, a guy who can change the chemistry in his body to camouflage himself, but he can only do green. And they're like, well, we might be going to planets that are red or yellow. And so your camouflage of green, that's not going to help. Next. And then the next kid has an, a camera in his eye so he can record everything that's going on and use it in court. And uh, one of the kids is like, you know, sorry, those aren't admissible in court. So goodbye. And the next kid comes in and he's got a question mark on his chest. And he's like, I can't really tell you who I am or what my powers are, but I can tell one of you. So Saturn girl, if you would like to come into this room with me and I'll tell you all my secrets. And then if my powers are good enough, then I'm going to join the Legion. So this book is a whole mystery of finding out what mystery kids powers are. So they go traveling to different worlds and mystery kid get, almost gets stabbed with a, a spear and it kind of like shrivels against his chest. So bouncing boy's like, you're, you're vulnerable, right? You're, and he's like, well, no. And Saturn girl's like, that's not his power. And she says, that's not his power to everything. Whenever they guess. Um, they think that he's got super strength because he moves a giant statue around and they guess that he has got super strength and, and Saturn girl's like, that's not his power. And it just keeps going and going and, and uh, you're, you're starting to get the idea that these pirates are looking for mystery kid, because why would mystery kid be looking to join the Legion while these guys are out looking for something? And he's like, well, I'm, I should sacrifice myself. So these pirates don't kill the Legion. I'm just going to give myself up. And he goes to their ship and they're like, okay, kid, we know what your powers are and we want you. So they take his, his, uh, his space helmet off and they put him in a giant blimp and they're all wearing space helmets. And they're like, you do anything to the molecules in this ship and you will die. Right. And he's like, well, I can't let the Legion die. So he, demolecularizes the entire ship other than like the skeleton insides and he dies and the pirates die well actually the pirates don't die the pirates take off because they're wearing the helmets so they take <laughs> off and then they realize okay we got to go save like they're like oh poor mystery lad he's dead well no mystery lad's not dead because for some reason he has a, a helmet on and the invisible kid was with him the entire time. Like he didn't trust him. So he went through this entire adventure being invisible and saved molecule or a, yeah, a element lad. And that's kind of how it ends. Like, oh, hey, you're, you're, you're alive. That's great. Now you can join the Legion. Hey. They really <laughs> didn't really care. Like, okay, yeah, um, you died. So what? Oh, you're alive? Oh, great. You can you can join us. Like I said, <laughs> the Legion of Superheroes is just a bunch of jerks. And I think that's the best part of reading them is just how much of a bunch of a-holes they are. So thanks, Scott, for Element Lad. I told Nick that if he did a whole docu-series on Legion, I would listen to it. He does it so much better than their actual writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seemed pretty interesting. <laughs> but you know, if you read it, it wouldn't be nearly as good as he just made it sound. It's, no. it's bad. It is really bad. It's, 
1963 DC. So this is pretty much before the whole continuity of storylines, but they were doing it in this and they didn't, I don't know. They, they didn't quite get the superhero with problems yet thing. So all these kids are like super powerful and yeah. I mean, what can you really say about it? Okay. So now we're going to move on to superpower su superheroes that start with the letter F or characters that start with the letter F. I'll go first. I did Captain America and the Falcon. And it's a it's issue number 1 by Rob Williams. Um, the summary of it is that an old friend of Sam Wilson's son falls in with gang violence and he must confront his past to save a boy's future. Um, and that's pretty much all it was, was him trying to keep the kid out of gang violence. Um, the, uh, Artwork was good. Um, the story was just a one-shot type of story. It's just a... It didn't look like it was going to go anywhere after that. So, um, yeah. I uh, don't have much to say about it. <laughs> so my F, I cheated. Um, I did Fables. That's a cheat. That cheat. is a cheat. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you what. I, I'm i like, I got all these F characters. And I'm like, you know, I remember I enjoyed Fables. The, all the characters as a whole were fantastic. So I just grabbed a random issue. I'm like, I'm going to cheat on it this week. I'm going to do Fables. Because I don't know when we're going to ever discuss it. Um, and yeah, I could have done it as a random read, but... I decided to do it this way. So I did Fables number 42. And if you've never read Fables, it's a must read in my opinion. It is taking all the characters like Snow White and the Big Bad Wolf and Little Boy Blue and putting them in real world. They still have their mystical powers and stuff, but the... Mon uh, the humans can't really see them. And uh, issue 42 is the first issue of Arabian Nights and Days. And so Sinbad is actually showing up. And uh, the comedian? Fable... No, not the comedian. Um, <laughs> but he... Sinbad, the uh, Arabian Knight, is showing up in Fable Town. And. Uh, He's waiting for Fable Town to come out and give them this huge welcome, and nobody's around because Prince Charming, who is the mayor at this time, uh, is trying to deal with all the Fable Town issues. Uh, Beauty from Beauty and the Beast is his secretary and trying to calm down the crowd. Snow White's gone someplace. Uh, the Big Bad Wolf, Bigsby, is gone someplace. So Beast is the uh, sheriff for Fable Town, and Flycatcher's a janitor, and he's the the frog that was a prince, and he sees this limo sitting out there, so he goes out and has them come in, and none of them can speak English, so they don't have a clue what what's going on, um, and they come to find out that. Um, What's his name? The kid from Jungle Book. Mowgli? Yes, Mowgli was supposed to be there, but he's on a mission for Prince Charming. And uh, so they had to go get old King Cole to do an or do interpretations for him because he used to be the mayor. He's no longer the mayor. Now he's just an alcoholic. It, this is just utter chaos. 
and it's amazing. And I forgot how much I enjoyed this and loved it. I'm probably going to go back and read all of it again. Um, I bought the first trade on a recommendation. I finished it within an hour and went back to the store and bought the next three trades right after that because they didn't have the fourth one yet. So that's how much I enjoyed it. Um, it's done by Bill Willingham and Mark uh, Buchanan. At least this issue was. Uh, Bill Willingham did all of it. Definitely, if you've never read it, definitely check it out. It gives you a different perspective on some of these uh, grim fairy tales that you kind of forget about or these uh, stories from across different lands and everything and how they interplay with each other. It's absolutely amazing. Check it out. That's what I got. Okay. Cool. So I wanted to save this character for F, but since we did, uh, we missed last week due to an issue with our software. I didn't want to do two Legion of Superheroes books back in a row, but I did because I spent a ton of money on these. So I'm going to do it. So I, uh, I got Legion of Superheroes Adventure Comics 352 and 353, which is the death of Pharaoh Lad. And this is from 1967. It also is the first appearance of the Fatal Five. So that kind of works with the Fs. Um, yeah, so there's a being that's coming through space that eats suns and eats galaxies. So it's kind of like he's called the Sun Eater but he does more than eat suns. It's one of those things that I really find irritating about comics when they change galaxy and universe and solar systems mixed up. It's like, you get it straight, guys. Go figure out that this thing can't eat a whole universe. But it, it, I, I don't know. It's just lame. Um, so there's this thing coming to Earth and what's funny is this is the Legion of the 20th century. So now they're in the 30th. But back in the 60s, they were in the 20th century. Um, so there's this thing coming to Earth that's going to destroy them. And so they're like, you know, they send out a call to the universe or to the galaxy that's like, hey, guys, we need to get all the superpowers together, all the superheroes from other worlds to help us defend this. And people are like, no, this seems like a you problem. This isn't a us problem. This is a you problem. Probably won't destroy us. So you guys go ahead and do that. Well, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to build spaceships. Um, you guys are on your own. So one of the kids has an idea that, you know, the, the heroes aren't the only ones that are in problems. So there's also super villains that are having problems. And we just had this discussion about these five supervillains that could help us save the world or the universe or the galaxy or whatever other word they want to use. And in the first issue in 352 is them splitting off and going to the different worlds and recruiting them. Right. So. So they go off and, of course, they all get backstabbed like Emerald. The Emerald Empress has a kryptonite in her in her cape, and Superboy is her slave. And Manos has a hand that can destroy everything, and the Executioner. And there's just a whole bunch of weird 1960s DC guys in this. And there's one guy that is super smart because he's half computer, half human. Doesn't make him any smarter, but he he takes over and he has an idea of how to stop the sun eater. And that is where issue 353 starts. And he has an idea that you split up the sun eater because he's mostly a cloud. And so the executioner's ax will just kind of cut through it and they'll, they'll attack it bit by bit. Well, everybody gets taken out except for Pharaoh lad and Pharaoh lad through will, he doesn't melt. 
he just is concentrating so hard that he's keeping his form and he dives straight through the crowd like the cloud and comes to the 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 center of the sun eater and realizes that to destroy him you have to destroy the middle and so they they all like group back up together for one more fight and superboy's like well i'm going to do it i'm going to i'm going to save the world i'm going to commit suicide i will die for this cause and pharaoh lad kind of tricks him and jumps out of the ship himself and and sacrifices himself for the legion and for the world and yay everything's safe now and there's one page of them mourning one of their best friends and then they don't ever really touch on it at all like hey we saved the universe but one of us died who cares yay we're done wow you're right they, those guys are jerks they are <laughs> so yeah um there's a planet it's a it's it's a cemetery planet so they have this little spaceship that has pharaoh lad gave his life saving the universe saving the galaxy saving the whatever and they send that off to that planet and that's it that's all of it that's that's it that's done Hmm. And I've wanted to read this book since my grandparents gave me a digest size Legion of Superhero book, probably when I was 13 and Feral Lad was in it. And I was like, man, this guy's awesome. You know, he can turn into lead. He not pretty good to be next to Monel, I guess. So they were probably like, hey, Monel's more popular. Let's kill the guy that can kill Monel. So um so yeah. Um it it lived up to my my wants, but I did pay twenty dollars for this book, and the cover came off. Oh no! So, so I might have to pick up another one somewhere. But that's that's the great part of being in quarantine. Can't go out and go shopping really. So what I did was I ordered this online, and they said it was in fair condition. Well, it looks like some kid in the sixties was wearing it in their back pocket the entire time. So it's not in the best shape, but it was still readable. I mean, none, I don't think any of the staples are connected. Oh, Oh. so I had to be very careful with it, but I got a pretty cool definitive Legion book. So, now I just got to get a better copy of it. Cool. Nice. Bummer about the book itself, but cool that you yeah. got it. Yeah. I'm glad I finally found it. Okay. Is there anything going on at uh, Krypton this week, Ryan? New books out on the 20th. Okay. And they just put together a run of Spawn, one through 300. Every issue, 3000 for the set. Wow. So that's including those really hard-to-find ones. In that there's a whole bunch of them between about 175 to 225, I think. The books in that center right there are just really hard to find. So... If you really want some uh, spawn reading, there you go. Okay. All right. It's time now for everybody's favorite segment, The Random Read. Who wants to go first? Why don't you go I ahead? Or, no, Nick, go ahead. All right. So I... You know how I told you guys that I picked up some graphic novels before, just because I wanted to read something different. Yeah. And okay, so this week I actually got to read some. Yay! So, <laughs> yeah. uh, let's start with Valiant. Okay, so I'm going to do two Valiants. One's going to be really quick, and one's going to be actually 
Well, actually, one's dynamite, one's valiant. Crazy. Okay, so the valiant, the death-defying Dr. Mirage, don't read it, don't buy it, don't even pick it up. It's horrible. Um, the artwork is bad. I, what do I say about this? It's supposed to be a paranormal story about a woman who can see the dead and help them. No, this book is bad. I can't even, this guy's supposed to, uh, I can't even describe it. It's so bad. Don't even think about picking it up. Um, number two, Solar Man of the Atom by Dynamite, Volume 1, Nuclear Family. This came out, I think, in 2014. Um, it's by Frank Barbier and or Bobier and Joe Bennett. Um, <laughs> so, so they take, like I said, every time they have to relaunch something, they have to do a, uh, an origin for every valiant character they bring back has to have an origin story redone. This one, I didn't mind. Um, it deals with the original solar having problems with the math in his head and it causes him to melt down and die. Like he blows up like he's like firestorm where he has to think of the chemical compositions and the mathematical equations to change molecules. And there's something wrong in his head and he can't get the math to work right. And he dies. And his daughter gets the powers and his daughter is an artist. And so she doesn't quite get, she's like math. I don't get math. I don't get it at all. Um, so it's the story of her trying to, figure out how to use these powers, even though she doesn't have the, the scientific side like he did. So if you take just Ronnie Raymond without Dr. Stein as Firestar or Firestorm, that's what you would get with this. Oh, but, okay. luckily, but luckily her dad's ghost shows up and teaches her how to do things as she's fighting them. So it kind of has that Dr. Stein part where right. her, her dad is behind her telling her in her head how to do these things. It's actually really well drawn. The characters are pretty cool. But I can't recommend it. I mean, if you want the same story, I would read a firestorm or yeah, it's, I would read firestorm over this huh. okay, well, I didn't number... know uh, I didn't know Solar went over to Dynamite at any point I thought I was still under uh, Valiant that's what I thought too but nope that's a Dynamite book and number three Jungle Girl Omnibus by Frank Cho and oh who did this so Frank Cho did the covers which is awesome. Um, plot by Doug Murray and interior art by Adriano Batista. Okay, so I love Sheena the She-Devil. I love that Frank, Frank Cho book. He did a really good job with that. The story was great. This one, he wrote it and did the covers. He should have done the art too because the guy that does this, he can't keep her face looking right. He can't keep proportions right. Like her body changes every panel. And sometimes she has a small upper body. Sometimes she's got a ginormous upper body. Sometimes she's got giant Hulk arms. Sometimes she's got normal people arms. Sometimes she's got a giant butt. Sometimes she doesn't. I can't understand why this guy has a job. But. No. <laughs> but yeah um if you want to read a good this is jaina the jungle girl and 
Shan or Shauna, the jungle, the she devil, so much better. Go find that one. Leave this one on the shelf. Um, the artwork in Shanna is so much better. The story is so much better. This one is like a second Hong Kong ripoff. If, you know, like when you go and you buy a hot toy from Hot Toys or you go on Wish and buy the same toy for like $2, there's a reason why it's $2. So I would recommend saving your money and buying the hot toy and go away from Wish. So Jungle Girl is Wish and Shanna is the hot toy. Go buy that one. Don't don't buy the, the knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> and if you like cheesecake this is right up your alley scott so you didn't really like the you said that uh Zenoscope was a good story but you wanted a little bit more cheese in it well jungle girl from dynamite is all cheese no substance but it's just cheese <laughs> all right so uh I'll go next. For the last few weeks, I have been reading um, the Executioner song. It uh, is a crossover between X-Men, X-Force, and X-Factor. And it ran from November of 1992 to February of 1993. Um, the writers... For this were Scott Liddell, Fabian Nacienza, Nacienza, and Peter David. Now, I originally thought it was just Fabian Nacienza that did this, but they I didn't realize it was three different authors, but they did a lot better job on this than the uh, Extinction Agenda. It was like they actually talked to each other so they could all have a, a streamlined story. So you really couldn't tell between books that it was written by somebody different. Um, the artists were Brandon Peterson, Andy Kubert, Jay Lee, and Greg Capullo. Um, just to give you a little plot history, um, Mutant pop star Lila Cheney has a free concert in Central Park to promote diversity in society and invites Professor X to speak at the concert. Um, Strife interrupts his speech, disguised as his doppelganger and nemesis Cable, and shoots Xavier with a bullet that infects the professor with a lethal strain of the techno-organic virus. So... When I was younger, I didn't give this story a whole lot of thought. I didn't really like it as much because they had a crossover the year prior that I really enjoyed, and I just thought it wasn't as great. But going back and reading it, what, almost 30 years later, um, it aged well. The only thing is, is that um, what's going with what's going on in the X universe right now, none of this made made a difference. So, but I really enjoyed this the uh, the story. The only problem that I had was with Jay Lee's. Um, artwork. Um, it's a little hard to look at, but the story was good, so I forgave it for that. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend that you go out and you get this book and uh, just give it a read through. It's a really good uh, X-Men crossover. So that's what I had. It, it's a 12 part, so you, you'll be reading it a while. <laughs> Cool. All right. 
so I read a lot of books this week. I actually made it a goal to read three books every night. And I'm not going to cover all of them. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I do have a couple. So I have G.I. Joe versus the Transformers, The Art of War, issues four and five. Um, and I, it's been a while since I've read one through three. I just realized I didn't have the other two, so I picked them up a while back and finally got to them. And this was a different take with the G.I. Joe Transformers. Serpentor is actually was created by Megatron. So he is part robot um, and trying to, but still had all the thought processes of all the uh, enemies that they DNA, enemy DNA that they created the original Serpentor with. Um, it's a fun story. I mean, it's not great. There's so many uh, better G.I. Joe versus Transformer stories. Check out. Um, Definitely stick with the, some of the other ones, especially the earlier stuff. This is one of the last ones that they did, and it was just so-so. Um, <clears throat> did this one because of Nick. Uh, Defenders of Diatron City. Yay! <laughs> Number six. And uh, <laughs> so the... Trying to think what the bad guy's name is. Um, he creates a formula and puts it in the water system because that's what all bad guys do. And everybody in Dietron City drank this and they all became mutants. Um, so they turned into like mutant monsters, and but they still had enough smarts to kind of know the good versus the bad. And so it's just them dealing with it, fighting, uh, fighting all these other monsters that are around. And the bad guy finally gets dosed in some of the water. And because he's so evil and bad that it had the reverse effect on him and turned him into a cute little baby. Um, I'm reading this just because I like off the wall stuff. I wouldn't probably recommend it to anybody. It's, it's okay. All right. Um, then I ran across some Indiana Jones books I was missing. So I got Indiana Jones and the Spear of Destiny, and I read issue one. And this picks up almost immediately after The Last Crusade. So Indiana's dad's still around, and his dad's going around uh, doing lectures about um, the Holy Grail. And... Um, they decide that they're going to go after the Spear of Destiny. And typical shenanigans, uh, the Germans are after it as well. They're chasing after Indiana and his dad. Um, yeah, so um, I've only read the first one of this, but uh, it is by Dark Horse. So this is my first Indiana Jones Dark Horse I've read, and um, I'm kind of digging it. Then... I got two of the newer books that came out last week by DC. DC has been publishing just a small handful of their books. And I picked up Hawkman 23 and Green Lantern season two, number three. Um, Hawkman. I've talked about Hawkman a number of times. It's still rocking. Definitely check it out. Um, it's a new storyline and they are, it's back in a time when, um, when the doctors had the the plague masks and he was Hawkman's dressed as one of the plague doctors. Super cool. They got the right elements going on for the story. Um, Vendetti is still killing it. Definitely check that out. And then Green Lantern um, issue three. Liam Sharp did something different with this art on this one. I think his art's fantastic throughout the story, even if I'm not crazy about the story itself. And with this one, it was very uh, almost painted. And it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, 
and it actually made sense. So um, Morrison was taking his medication or something, and this one actually made sense. (laughs) So definitely check that one out. Okay. And by far my favorite book that I read this last week, probably in the last two months, Justice League America Annual 1990, where they... The Justice League forms in Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the last time I laughed this hard at a comic book. This was absolutely amazing. Um, so it features a lot of Nort. And um, a bunch of bad guys uh, there. I can't remember the name of the gang, but uh, it's like Clue Master and Clock King and um, Clock King's hilarious. And let's see, Major Disaster, Big Sur, uh, the Mighty Bruce, Multi-Man. Oh, so this group of bad guys is going to go in to rob this place and they get in there and somebody else is already robbing it. Well, it irritated them. So they stopped the robbery. Well, then the public radios and the news and everything are starting to say, Oh, these bad guys turned good and are helping people. We're like, Hey, maybe there's some money in this. So major disaster went with clue master to the justice league and talked to Maxwell Lord and, said, hey, we want to be good guys. Give us a chance. Martian Manhunter's nearby, and he goes, yeah, I don't sense any, like, scheming behind this whole thing. They legit want to try to be good guys. So Maxwell Lord goes, I've got an idea. Let's make them the Justice League of Antarctica with Nort, the dog Green Lantern. There's... Man-eating penguins, uh, multiple or multi-man. His whole thing is his personality changes, or not personality, but his uh, emotions change from overly happy to extremely depressed to uh, logical. It just this is so entertaining. The art's kind of rough, but hey, you know, whatever. Uh, it, it it shows, like, what's going on with the Justice League International and Justice League Europe teams. I, and they're fighting killer penguins. Uh, <laughs> this is just absolutely ridiculous and hilarious. Get it. Read it. Even if you don't like any of the characters, it's fine because the story is hilarious. That's what I had. All right. Awesome. So this week, we're going to be moving on to the list. And this week's was top 10 E characters. Right. Should we do the D's and the E's? We can. Since we missed the D's last week? Yep. Okay. Well, at least you and I are prepared for that. (laughs) You want to go with yours first, Nick? Sure. We'll do D's and then we'll uh, bring Nick or Kirk back in for the E's. Okay. Um, number 10, Dexstar. Number 9, Diamondback. Number 8, Dove. Number 7, Darkseid. Number 6, Dr. Fate. Number 5, Deadman. Number 4, Darkhawk. Number 3, Dr. Strange. Number 2, Damon Hellstorm. And number 1, Daredevil. All right. And mine were 10 Dart, 9 Dark Star, 8 Domino, 7 Doctor or Doctor Doom or Doom 2099. Um 6 since I had a duplicate, I am adding Dark Star this time, Nick. There you go. Uh 5 Dead Man, 4 uh Destroyer Duck, 3 Deathstroke, 2 Deadshot. 
one Detective Chimp. Nice. All and right. And now on to the ease. All right. I'll go first. Number 10, Excalibur. Number 9, El Diablo. Number 8, Egghead. Number 7, Elixir. 6, Elijah Snow. 5, Elastaman. 4, Exodus. 3, Electro. 2, Empath. 1, Electra. Nice. Nick, you want to go? Sure. Um, <clears throat> number 10, Emerald Empress. Number 9, Elastic Man. Number 8, Eel. Number 7, Egon Spengler. Number 6, Ooh. Elastigirl. Number 5, Element Lad. Number 4, Elongated Man. Number 3, Elvira. Number 2, Element Lad. Did I say Element Lad twice? Oh, Element Dog was number five. And number one, Electro. Nice. All right. Ten, El Diablo. Nine, Electra. Eight, Eel O'Brien. Plastic Man's. There you go. Yeah. Uh, seven, Elkua. Saqua Zeron. Green Lantern. Uh, six, Eradicator. Five, Ego. Four, Electro. Three, Echo. Two, Emperor Joker. And number one, Evil Star. I figure Eradicator would be higher on your list. I was talking yeah. to Sonya about that, and I was like, he's probably going to pick that like number one or number two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just... With... Uh, I don't know, I've always liked... It. The ones right that I had right in front of them with Evil Star, that's one of the earliest Green Lantern books that I got print-wise. Um, so that one's always stuck out to me. Emperor Joker, I always just like the storyline. I always liked uh, what Echo did with Daredevil. And then Ego, I could have probably flipped Eradicator with Ego. I kind of went back and forth on that a little bit. Because Eradicator, I, I really do like him in the um, Green Lantern universe, but wasn't you always a huge fan of him in some of the Superman stories? Yeah. I get it. Okay. Anybody have any news items this week? Disney just finished up the Clone Wars cartoon, and it is awesome. So. I I watched the last season in a couple days and then I went back and I'm in season two right now and I love that cartoon. It's so good and it's so well done. And even though I don't like the timeline, I don't like the prequel timeline. Right. It wow. Like you you start to feel for the clones. Um, each one has their own personality. Each one, um, they realize that there's something wrong with them and they're trying to figure out what it is. And finally, in the last season, they, when Order 66 comes out, they help one of them to get rid of the programming. And Ahsoka Tano, like when you watch the original movie, she's super annoying. But you watch her grow through those seven seasons, and she becomes an incredible character. Like, like you can put, she's probably my number one Jedi of all time. Wow! Because because of her story, I mean, it's so in depth and well done. Point Having, of order, sir. She's not a Jedi. She's not now. <laughs> But she was, um, yeah. The the whole like her falling from grace and leaving the Jedi Order, and she might be showing up in Mandalorian. Yes, she is. Which is going to be awesome. Yep. And I think from a cartoon to create a character that is so beloved, 
is is an amazing feat. I mean, this this cartoon's been out for a long time, and they finally got around to finishing it. And what they do with their characters in it is amazing. the The art is stunning when when they're on like alien worlds and they're bright purples and bright blues and bright greens all mixed together and it looks like a painting like it is so well done like when they travel to naboo and they're landing the landscape isn't just a drawing it's a painting with the with the castles in it um the characters take a little while to get used to the art style because they're painted. They're made to look like paintings. So they, they have a little bit of like brush strokes on them and so well done. I can't, I can't recommend this cartoon more to anybody because even if you hate the prequels, you will love this. There's so much backstory for Obi-Wan, like his, his forbidden love for the Empress of the Mandalorians. And they get into that. Um, you, you start to really like Anakin. Um, yep. You hated him in the movies, but he, you, you start to feel like, oh my God, this, this guy's Darth Vader. Like this guy kills all of his friends. Like and just what what leads him up to that? I mean, it's so much more in depth than the six hours that we got in the movies. Um, and you get to see other Jedi and learn about them because I I'm so sick of the Star Wars Skywalker story. Like I want something else, and this gave it to me. Like the episodes that don't deal with Skywalker are great. Yeah, um, yeah. I cool. I would recommend this highly. The best animated show for me ever. I mean, wow. I grew up in the '80s, and I had access to cartoons from the '60s, the '70s, the '80s. This is probably hands down the greatest cartoon ever. Go watch it. Serious. You will get sucked in. It is. I'm on. So good. I'm on season one. I started watching it again. So. Yeah. Like the last season is. Yeah. The action. Like when Maul shows back up and they send Ahsoka to go capture him. Holy crap. Like you're like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we were, we were watching it and Sony's like, isn't Maul dead? I'm like, no, 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 no. And, and Maul realizes that he was a patsy through the whole thing. Like he realizes why he had to die for Dooku to come along. And he knows that no matter what the Jedi do, that they're going to fail. And he knows exactly what the whole plan was the entire time. Like he figures it out in the last season. Hmm. And it's just like, oh. Well, you're going to get your wish. Going forward, all Star Wars is going to be non-Skywalker. I know. It's going to be great. So Come on, Old Republic. Yep. Can't wait. Open. Um, I started watching a movie on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. How's that? Um. Nick brought over Bloodsport. <laughs> Not Bloodsport. We we would finish Bloodsport. We would finish Bloodsport. Bloodshot. Kumate. 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 Um, but Bloodshot. Oof. Yeah, that's 57 minutes of my life that I will not get back ever again. <laughs> that's how bad it was. I can't believe you had to start watching it to realize that that would have been a waste of your life. <laughs> I just, I can't handle Ben Diesel in a superhero character role. He just seems forced. Yeah, the whole, the whole movie felt 
like like forced like you said yeah um everybody in it seemed like they didn't want to be there yep guy pierce phoned it in and yeah i i vin diesel as a goody goody well i mean bloodshot's not goody goody but he tried to play a superhero with and it just didn't work no it did not he needs to stick to living his life a quarter mile at a time. Well, I knew he was never going to get invited into the MCU. Oh, that was a horrible movie. Well, no, I guess he was uh, Groot. Huh? Groot. Yeah, but, but you never see him on screen, so he only has to say one word. So I am Groot. <laughs> like I said, his best acting roles are all voiceovers. Groot? <laughs> And the Iron Giant. Yep. I did enjoy Pitch Black. Mm. Didn't like the second one, Riddick, but I did like Pitch Black. You got any news, Ryan? No. No? No. Well, all right. Yeah, you do. When do comics start coming back out? Oh, yeah. Most come out May 20th. Marvel starts coming out May, May 27th. And Marvel will be doing them as a new releases. So like new releases on May 27th. And then the following week will be like trades. Trades. And then the following week after that, new books. They're doing a gradual release opposed to just dropping everything. Okay. Well, if you like what you hear, go to your uh, whoever you get your podcast through and give us a like, subscribe, and leave us a comment. Um, yeah, so have fun, read more comics. It's been Kirk, Ryan, and Nick. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.